Hello everyone, welcome to the latest episode of the See Me podcast on our journey of a social movement. Um, I am joined today as ever by Dee, hello Dee. Hello Nick. And also joined today by one of our social movement team, the leaders of the journey if you like, Maeve. Hello. I feel like Thank Maeve you. should have a jingle as she is yeah. a leader of... Now I do. I know. Okay, yeah. we'll need to... We can, Please we work can on that. copy that in later. You guys have time to, like, rustle me up a jingle, right? Maeve. Love it. There we go. <laughs> yeah. I'd actually been composing that one for a while, but now it just seemed like... Oh, no, no, you could tell. It. You could tell. Yeah. yeah, no, it was... Um, I wrote it in C flat. So, um, yeah, we are chatting today uh, about... Our, the journey of the social movement and we've got an interview coming up later on with one of our champions Bridget who's done a lot of work across the borders in changing behaviours and attitudes bringing her community together really being quite influential into different levels of organisations around the borders as well as well as running her own programme project Don't Judge a Book uh, which we'll chat about as well Um it's, again, all part of our journey of the social movement series, which is looking at the impact uh, that people are having across Scotland in tackling stigma and discrimination. People who have worked with us, uh, people who volunteer for us, different partners, and just showing the huge impact that they're having. You can read some of the stories. Bridget's is one that you can read on our journey of the social movement uh, resource which is report.cmescotland.org so you can find that there get ideas inspiration see what other people have been doing and see what you might like to do yourself as well um so first of all uh Maeve how are you I am very well thank you it's a lovely sunny day just now I hope it's a lovely sunny day whenever people are listening to this as well um but yeah it's been very nice to get outside into the garden good yeah no we're putting this out in November Oh, we're not like, we're not we're not yeah, I, I just I was very willing to go along with that ridiculous ridiculous ridic- 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 shop going guys <laughs> I like to throw them out and Dee how are you doing I am also very well and I'm enjoying the sunshine it's good 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 so Bridget her impact she's done loads of great stuff and one thing that really I think the thing that stands out most about Bridget for me and when we went down to to speak to her, Claire and I went down to chat with her, is just how much of a journey that she has really been on. Um, She speaks about how when she first joined, she wasn't quite sure what she wanted to do. I think she almost seemed quite kind of overawed by the other champions that she was training with and was always very set that she didn't want to do any public speaking or things like that. And just to see where she's come at to now, where she's leading her own project, she's doing talks in public, she's leading walk-a-mile events, it's amazing. And Maeve, you've worked really close with her over the years. Like For Bridget, for other volunteers, people in general, how important do you think it is when someone's struggled with their mental health and they've not felt valued at all, how important it is that they are showed that their experiences in life, whatever they may be, have huge value and they can use them really effectively? Yeah, it's hugely important. And I think we're used to sort of talking about self-stigma um, within CME quite a lot. Um, like that's that's kind of a term that we, we throw around quite frequently, but it's maybe not something that 
is kind of as widely understood by by people in the general public and I think it's it's one of the most impactful things sometimes when people come to see me and start to get involved in the um well start to volunteer with us get involved in the champions program in the case of of Bridget that you start to sort of gain an understanding of how your own confidence has been undermined sort of systematically um over time due to the stigma that you're you're sort of feeling um from wider society and you start to reinforce those own messages to yourself and so I think that one of the ways that that can start to be dismantled is if you come across opportunities with an organization like see me where we're specifically saying your lived experience is not a barrier to you getting involved it's the reason that we want you to get involved in addition to all sorts of other skills that you can bring to this program and your lived experience is a hugely valuable and important thing and it means that we can represent the kind of diversity of mental health experiences and through the work that our volunteers do Um, did that answer your question because I just feel like I said some words It was they. They were words. You are one hundred percent high on that. And Got yeah, it did. Don't worry. It's not an interrogation. It's just a friendly chat between. Sure, sure, sure. I know. Colleagues I know. And friends. I know. It's cool. It's cool. You, you can't see this, but uh, Maeve's turned up in a full suit. It's like a. <laughs> yeah, the, the top hat is. A I don't know what's appropriate in this situation, guys. I'm doing my best. Yeah, been wearing your uh, your sparkly golden top hat since Christmas. Uh, yep. I wish that it was in my possession. That would really liven things up around here. It would, wouldn't it? Had a bit of sparkle. And Dee, I, and I was seen with, with Bridget, with lots of volunteers, they've kind of really not been sure when they first come to us about how much they want to share, how much they want to talk about, but also their confidence to lead and do things. And... I mean, what difference can it make when you actually show people, you know, you have been experienced mental health problems is actually a huge strength of your character rather than just like what is seen sometimes in society, what the stigma around mental health sometimes can be, which is a real unfair, which is weakness, but actually showing that it's a strength. Yeah, and I think that's a, a massive part of kind of feeling for a lot of people valued for the first time um, because they may be, as Maeve said quite rightly there, spent the majority of their life feeling that their mental health condition or struggling with their mental health is actually a hindrance when it's a huge benefit to other people in, in tackling stigma and knowing that they're not alone and that they can talk about not being okay and that it's you know it's okay to reach out and, and say I'm struggling. Um, I think it's maybe something that you know, comes with time as well. You know, when we when we do a lot of work with volunteers, especially media volunteers, you know, it's that empowerment to, to share your story more widely, but also the confidence to know what's right for you. Um, and having the confidence and the ability to talk about your mental health in a way that's helpful for you and that you're able to, to choose what to share and what not to share. Um, and I think that's something that's so powerful about Bridget's story um, in the report is when she's talking very much about feeling that her lived experience was kind of valued for the first time, that kind of light bulb moment of, oh, well, you know, what I've got to offer is really, really valuable and can help people. And I think that's so, so powerful and empowering for people and for the people listening to them as well. It is. And you can see the how valued she is. And one of the 
things that she said when we were chatting to her was about how there's a Facebook, uh, Facebook group, it's a WhatsApp group actually down in the borders. Um, I mean, probably there's probably one more than one WhatsApp group in the borders, but this specific one that Bridget is in um, around mental health, uh, and she said that it's often when they when the subject of mental health does come up. In fact, it wasn't even a WhatsApp group of mental health. Now I'm talking about it. This is the sort of thing that I should have thought about before. But here we go. I know. Um, is so it's yeah. I think just a WhatsApp group, a community WhatsApp group in uh, in the borders, and. She talks about how whenever the subject of mental health does come up, she gets referred to as a kind of expert in it, which she said is kind of a bit daunting because she's not, but she can only kind of give advice that she thinks is helpful and what she knows. But it really shows if you do empower someone that they can then be actually seen as a real expert in something. And that experience that for all their life they thought was just holding them back is then something that people they never would have expected to actually looks to them and sees that as a really positive thing. Yeah, and I think it's... You know, the the way that, that, as you sort of mentioned before, that development has happened with Bridget has been, you can see that that's been a kind of gradual thing. But as her confidence, as we've discussed, as her confidence has grown, she has taken a role um, as, as a leader and as somebody who is looked to within her community, um, as you described, um, in a way that she just absolutely would never have expected when she first got involved with See Me. Um, and it really just does go to show that actually for a lot of people, what we what we as See Me can offer to people is actually like very small things that have a huge impact because the person is coming to you with so much to offer to begin with. So, you know, we obviously offer people training and give people opportunities to get involved with things but actually for Bridget the impact was and for so many people who who come to get involved um with the champions program in particular like one of the one of the most important things I think is when everybody comes and is in a room together and everybody starts to talk about their mental health because everybody knows that everybody else has had some experience of mental health problems. And it might be the first time that you've ever been in a room full of people when you know absolutely nobody is going to judge you for that. And, you know, that really, like, little things like that then can mean that somebody can think, okay, I belong here okay my ideas are valid okay I'm valued and like bit by bit that develops into a situation where you have somebody who is like the person to turn to you know within the borders to talk to about mental health stigma and discrimination um and and it all comes from obviously it all comes from Bridget or any of our volunteers who are kind of occupying that space within their communities it's it's so inspiring yeah and that idea that seeing that when people are first in a room together and everyone's open and speaking about their mental health and seeing that actually this is a a place where I can talk about this but it's not in the sense it's not in a kind of a therapy type situation it's just a place where having struggled with your mental health is part of everyone's everyday life their day-to-day life or experiences throughout and it's not anything 
different or necessarily even in that situation something that is like this needs fixed yeah. now it's just a place where we've got this this is our experience in life and this is our experience as people but together there's a real strength that people can have when they come together to actually make a difference and make a change and Bridget's one of those volunteers who quite a lot of volunteers kind of go to her for doing events yeah. as well and stuff so she's had a lot of walker miles in quite a lot down in Peebles which and uh some of other volunteers, Susan's been over there, and Karen and Suzanne have been down for events as part of their time to talk tour. And people, when she hosts things, people want to kind of come together and join that. And I think that must be so empowering for someone who, for for anyone who hasn't thought for a while that they're not valued to then see that people actually want to come and they're really interested when they're putting stuff on. And do you like what do you think about kind of the how important it is that or how unusual it must be to be in that position when you've never been in before, where suddenly everyone around you is talking about mental health. Well, I'm like, I would be, I would be like terrified <laughs> in the beginning. I'd be like, oh, what? Like, why, why I'm not an expert in this. But I think, you know, as we said, that that comes with confidence and, um, you know, kind of going through the process of, of learning what your strengths are and what you can offer. And I think that's something we do quite well. You know, as I said, we don't, we don't, we don't take volunteers in expecting them to be able to to do everything and and you know be be everything but we kind of give them the the tools to say oh you know well if you want to try this and you want to try that and kind of as I said you know find ways that work for them and um as well you know things that they're interested in and things that they're they're experts in you know for Bridget it was you know she loved books so she she you know, started the Don't Judge a Book um, events, so things that they're passionate about, and I think that helps massively as well, because, you know, it's it's, it's an area that they're actively interested in, and just giving them the, the kind of confidence to develop that over time. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, I I think we all get a little bit of that sometimes when people come to you and they're like, oh, you, you know, you're an expert in this, or, and it must be, one, scary, but also incredibly empowering, and again, kind of going back to that experience of feeling valued and, and tackling that self-stigma that we that we've been speaking about as well yeah and guess being like you mentioned the sort of having being visible in your community and that how important is it maybe with our volunteers with that you've seen being visible is important and people kind of knowing a little bit about who they are and putting on these events where anyone in the public can come along and join them yeah and that, I think it is it's it's really important it's and it and it also depends on what the volunteer themselves are are, are comfortable doing of course um and i think you know the the champions program is it's an ambitious thing you know it's 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 an a, a role that people take on where we are saying you know do you feel that you could be a leader in your community and you could um, develop projects that are going to have real impact and real change and I think you kind of mentioned um, you know Bridget and lots of other people feeling quite daunted when they first come along and meet everybody and start to talk and think oh all these people have so many ideas and, and different experiences and and what can I offer but the thing is of course everybody feels like that you know and everybody is thinking that about everybody else um, and I think one of the things is that there's lots of different ways to be a leader. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be the sole person 
doing everything because one of the real strengths though Bridget certainly is the person who's really associated with all the activity that she does and she is personally somebody that people will come to and look to but it's also the people coming to her want to work alongside her and want to develop things together um and she is has that great skill of being able to identify people or you know um be open to people coming along and wanting to to work together um and that's really really important because our you know our volunteers are all over the country um they hopefully all have a bond together particularly if they've trained together but they can't physically or always be working right alongside each other because they're so geographically spread out um so it's it's such an important aspect of um a role like Bridget's that you're able to kind of identify partners and bring together a a, a lot of different people within your community to 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 kind of develop these projects it's it's quite a it's understandably daunting as well because it, it's quite a new thing really like I can't think of many times over the course of say my lifetime where there's been big events in a town city center whatever it may be or in a village that are just about making noise and visibility for mental health and to promote mental health and to tackle the stigma around mental health it's quite a new thing it's quite a different thing that type of like the walk a mile for instance having like hundreds of people walking together having conversations around mental health it's a new thing it's like we've been doing it a few years now but in the grand scheme of things it's not something that's been going on for years so kind of understandable that that's quite a daunting thing to do but at the same time quite an amazing thing and it it allows people I think even if people are watching and they're seeing it it allows them to go oh wow that's it's not just me which is a big thing that we always try to promote that if the people when they are struggling and maybe comes back to that earlier point of self-stigma that you also if you can't talk about it you think it's just you that you're the only one that's struggling that no one else is feeling that same way and or no one would understand how you're feeling then suddenly seeing this big visual thing of them going yeah it's something that happens it's such a huge difference and I think as well just you know to to kind of give praise to to Bridget and that we were talking about kind of developing that confidence and you think in small communities kind of doing something that big must be so you know initially so scary um you know it's not you know it's a small place and so just the bravery and and the kind of to just see how far she's come to go from not feeling able to necessarily talk about her experiences to then kind of galvanizing this this full event of a community that's that's so inspiring and empowering that's incredible it is um although quite maybe a bit of a different question different difficult question maybe in sense what do you think gives people confidence to go out and do this sort of thing like when they're struggling with mental health what can help give people confidence I think it's I think it's there's a combination of things and it depends obviously on the on the individual. Um but I think for so so many people are driven by the impact of their own experience and that when they have had periods of time when they have struggled and maybe haven't had the support that they should have had um and didn't feel that they could speak about their experiences and have just experienced firsthand how unbelievably damaging um stigma can be um on top of already struggling with your mental health i think that 
it's why people who who come to work with us are excited by the messages that we have and are ex- excited by what we're talking about because they understand how important it is firsthand and so I think that that is one of the reasons it's drives basically everybody who who works with us um they don't want other people to have that same experience and and I think that 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 passion and that compassion and that you know there's like this sort of out of like boundless kindness that people can show who have not been treated particularly kindly themselves um which is you know always amazing to see and I think that in so many cases that it's almost like that will help you to overcome other fears that you might have around public speaking, around drawing attention to yourself, you know, around doing something and it it going wrong or all the other many, many things that stop all of us from from doing things on a daily basis. Um, So I think that's a big part of it that, you know, people who have been through a really tough time you know come out of it wanting other people not to have gone through that same experience so um and then of course once you've once you've allowed yourself to be or once you've you know pushed yourself to to do something that's scary because you want to help other people and then you see I have all these skills, you know, I actually can do this. I if, I mean, Bridget will always use the example of public speaking because, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I don't just mean speaking about her own lived experience, I mean just public speaking of, of, any, of any description. And, I mean, the different ways that she now embraces public speaking as part of every single part of her volunteer work. So don't judge your book, it's Bridget's a uh, project that she came up with inspired by her love of books essentially and and trying to use quotes in books and stories as a way of encouraging discussions on mental health but she starts each each session speaking about her own story doesn't she and why it matters to her and her mental health and it is great to see how yeah she's now created something which at you said there mate at the core of it is her story that's where it starts I think the discussions go from there and really seeing the impact hopefully for her as well that has. So we will, on that note, play in Bridget's interview now, um, which she did with Claire. So, yeah, playing that in. Why did you want to get involved? Um, It was 2016 and um, I was having a particularly rough time at work um, and having to consider very seriously packing my job um, and I just was at a complete loss as to what I would do if I did pack in my job and then I was reading the local newspaper and there was a feature, it wasn't even an advertisement, it was just a feature about See Me and um, with a contact if you wanted to get involved where they specifically said they were looking for people who had lived with mental health experience and I thought oh my god that's just you know I didn't think anybody would want me with lived with mental health experience and it kind of gave me the confidence to start really seriously getting myself out of the the position I was in at work 
And yeah, so it just went from there. What was it about Zumi in particular that interested you? Why this program? Well, I think the fact that they acknowledged the stigma and discrimination that's associated with mental health because that was what was holding me back at my work because I didn't feel able to speak up um, because I just thought, you know, stigma discrimination. They would just be horrified and want rid of me anyway. Um, and I didn't think I would get, um, I wouldn't be heard compassionately. Um, so it just, everything in that article seemed to speak to me because it was like th they understood that there was a major problem with the perception of people with mental health issues. And then I was selected to go for an interview. And so then again, you were suddenly with a bunch of people um, and I couldn't believe it because people were talking about their mental health. Um, and then I didn't know if I'd be selected from there, and I was. And so the whole thing, it was, it was like a job selection um, with the added scariness of people talking about mental health, which I just wasn't used to. Well, to start with, I was just listening. I thought, I don't quite know how to, I didn't, I didn't know the words to use. I, I was really at a loss. And then, of course, I started thinking, oh, my God, this, I have nothing compared to, everyone else seemed to have, like, huge things. <laughs> but the more I thought about it, the more I realised the impact that my mental health had had on my entire life. And actually, everybody's story, there isn't comparison. No. It's all about the impact and the impact I knew had been fairly devastating throughout my life. Yeah, most definitely and it yeah, just as you said, it's that self stigma inside of us as well that yeah. just always holds us back from yeah. actually <laughs> Well self stigma was another word I learnt yeah. um, through the training actually and that was quite a revelation. I mean, it was a series of revelations for me, the whole the selection process and the training. Um, what have been some of your highlights of volunteering? And we're going to go into a few more. Oh. I think we've got a few more in detail, but do you want to... See me, everything about see me has been a highlight, really. The people, every single person I've met, from the management staff to the other volunteers, just... Everybody puts you at your ease and you feel you can be yourself. Um, you have an idea and people run with it, which is fantastic. Um, I suppose going to London with Callum yeah. was mind-blowing. Uh, when I first signed up, well, when I first applied with CME, and it, I can't remember the name of the woman, who interviewed me, but I said to her, the one thing I will never do is public speaking. And she just sort of went, right, okay. And I thought, yeah, that's fine, that's that covered off. And so then when I went to that global health thing in, in London, I found myself standing up, talking to these people from across the world about my project. And it was just, this is crazy. How have I reached this place? And it, it's all down to see me. 
That's fantastic. So I guess that was probably my greatest highlight. My, my other, I suppose my other highlight was when I did my Don't Judge a Book in Edinburgh because it was my third time and it was, I felt I got my presentation right. The first two times were like trial runs yeah. and, and this time I really felt I'd achieved what I wanted to achieve. What made you start Don't Judge a Book? Well, at the training, we were all encouraged to develop our own project, and there were a lot of people in, in my cohort who had these amazing ideas already lined up, and and I, I just always describe it as I, I had this sort of mixture of dismay and awe, because they were all so incredible, and I just felt, oh God, I just don't know. And then... I, it was just sort of like taking it back to basics. So what do I really love? What do I get comfort from? And it's always been books. So I thought, well, how can, how can I bring books into it? So it was, I actually spoke to Maeve, and she was so enthusiastic. And I will always be grateful to Maeve because she kind of got it right from the beginning. Um, and so, yeah, it just went from there. That's great. Um, so we've gone. So you're using books to help talk about mental health. Yeah. Well, it it's a sort of three pronged thing. It makes it easier to talk about if you can refer to characters in books or read out quotations and say this is how I feel. There is the comfort you get from when you're reading a book and. There's a book called The Spot of Bother by Mark Haddon and the way the character describes how he's feeling, it's exactly how I'd been feeling and and yet I hadn't been able to put it into words and there it was. So there's that. And then there's also just the sheer escapism. Um, there is nothing better than just if you're feeling lousy, it's getting into a book and you're you're in there with the characters, away from all your own nonsense. So yeah, those are, those are the sort of three ways that I see books helping me anyway. And I just thought, if I can share that with other people. Yeah, it's great. So you've done a few events now, right, for the Don't Judge a Book. Yeah. Um, what, what do you see as being the, the impact it's having on people that are there and is it what you expected? Yes it is. I mean <laughs> I guess you can only really quantify it by the feedback and we got really the best feedback we got was from the Edinburgh one um, but also just generally chatting to people who've been there who say like me oh god yeah I never I never thought of it like that and just recognising traits and characters and books and it just makes it easier to, it's instead of saying, I feel like this, you can say, oh, you see how that character felt? That's how I am. And I've seen a lot of that and going on to adapt Don't Judge a Book to an actual course at the Recovery College 
I've had the same feedback from the students. Okay, do you explain what Don't Judge a Book by its cover is? Well, I describe in, in probably about a 15 minute presentation how books have helped my mental health, um, partly in terms of just escaping. Um, I had quite a, I describe it as a confusing and chaotic childhood when I do my presentation and that was where my love of books started but then um, I gradually learned how I could I could use books to explain to people how I was feeling. Um, can I read you a quotation from A Spot of Bother by Mark Haddon again just get his plug in um, because this for me is Yeah, the, the, the protagonist, George, says what he felt mostly was a relentless grinding dread which rumbled and thundered and made the world seem dark. And that to me was, that's how I'd been feeling for so, so long and I hadn't been able to tell anyone and there it was, and it actually gives me goosebumps even even now reading it out. And I just think if if other people can connect with that, or I mean, I have loads of others, and you know, there is almost an infinite number of books. There is something for everybody. How do you feel like it's? Cause you're doing a lot in your own community. How do you feel? Yeah. Do you feel like the communities? changing and developing because of it? Yeah, I, we've got, my peer support group has grown quite a lot and um, three of the people who joined have now got, now got back into employment, which I think is amazing. Um, we have a WhatsApp group and the support that is out there whenever anybody's feeling in need of whatever. You know, they just put a message and the messages that come back, it's an absolute joy to see and to feel that, you know, there is a real sense of community. And we meet up once a month and um, we seem to grow each month. It's getting the balance between a comfortable number and enough people to actually provide support. Definitely, that's a, <laughs> it's a hard, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but with, with the other events, like the bookshop events I've done and the walk a miles and the time to talk, um, in the community, the the group always gets involved in those things. So, yeah, we're definitely linking with the community. That's brilliant. So connecting not only the, like the people up, but the organisations up as well. Yeah. Well, uh, because... I'm a CME champion. I was invited on to um, the Borders Mental Health Forum and that gets together once a month and that's got representatives from so many different groups. I mean, there's really far too many groups and we're all trying to basically do the same thing, but, you know, if we get together once a month, we can kind of link up properly. 
How would you say your role has developed throughout the time? Um, well, I suppose you grow in confidence as you get more used to talking about well, anything really, um, but particularly mental health. Um, I feel much more comfortable in asking people how they are and you can tell by the way people respond that they feel comfortable and you also you get your name recognized and um, we have we have a, a local Facebook group for peoples and I've noticed that if questions come up about mental health I get suggested as a reference point which I find quite gratifying I mean quite scary because you know I'm not a font of knowledge all I can ever do is signpost or try and support but you know I'm, I'm not a professional. And what led you to start working within the recovery college? <laughs> right it was again it was a sort of roundabout way partly um, I mentioned I am on the mental health forum for the borders so they were very aware of the recovery college being started up and then Wendy Halliday contacted me and said would you be interested in meeting up with Health and Mind to talk about your book stuff um, with, with a view to possibly doing something with the college. She then introduced me to Lisa who is the manager down at the Wellbeing College. Well they've changed the name it's still under the umbrella of recovery colleges, but we are actually called the Wellbeing College because the steering committee decided that that made it more accessible. Um, so I've been on the steering committee right from the very first meeting. The steering committee decided that the way to get um, interest around the borders was to do consultation events all around the borders. So Lisa asked me if I would do a sort of five minute talk about what I do with Don't Judge a Book um, as an example of something that might be rolled out in the college. So we did that around Hoyk, Duns and Peebles actually, Peebles, here and Peebles. Um, and then having done all that, um, she invited me to actually be a tutor, which was amazing. <laughs> Fantastic. It's brilliant. And how how are you finding the role? It's um it's amazing the people that I've met are they're so interested and it's really gratifying and it's quite fun also because health and mind are very keen to incorporate actual um exercises. So as well as me talking about books, we do um, things like we make bookmarks um, with inspirational quotations and we play games and um, yeah, so it all becomes quite interactive and not just me talking. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I've been led to believe you've managed to weave stigma and discrimination into it 
nicely? Oh, well, I try to. I, I mean, I'm very um, aware that it's CME that got me into all this. So I always try and make sure the, the anti-stigma and discrimination message is woven in. But I think most people who um, have mental health challenges are only too aware of the stigma. So they want to hear an anti-stigma message. So it's really very easy to incorporate that. Okay, so volunteering with CME, has there been other areas of your life that um, it's maybe impacted on that you maybe weren't expecting, weren't aware of? Um, it's, I would say volunteering with CME has been more helpful than any work with any psychologists and medical professionals and antidepressants or any medication. Just being um, with people who allow you to, to speak openly and be yourself. And, and that's what I really hope that whenever I do a See Me event, whether it's a walk a mile or a Don't Judge a Book, I really hope other people will get a sense of that. So I think we've touched on this a little bit, but is it is volunteering with Demi, has it opened up any other opportunities for you that maybe that we haven't spoken about already? Have we covered them all? I think we've covered them all. I mean, I can still never quite get my head around the fact I'm prepared to do public speaking now. I mean, that really, for me, is huge. Um, but I mean, even the Recovery College has been fabulous. But I wouldn't have done that without CME. It's fantastic. And do you feel like you're making a difference to tackling stigma and discrimination? Without a doubt. And I, I wouldn't keep doing it if I didn't think I was making a difference. Well, CME gave me the tools and the confidence. Um, and I see it just in terms of the people I interact with are, you know, whether they're people who have lived with mental health or not, people seem much more comfortable talking about mental health or their experiences with other people who've had poor mental health. So, yeah, I see it all around. So this is a very the whole process of challenging mental health, challenging stigma and discrimination is a very emotive process. So we're, um, we're quite keen to ask everyone as well how you look after yourself through the process and how, that, how, how, how do you manage that through doing the work? Um, well, interestingly, I probably got the greatest lesson in that from my daughter who said you need to take control and that for me has been really, really helpful in times when, because I mean, I think basically poor mental health is things going out of control. And, and so for me, when I feel things are on a downward turn, I say, right, what do I need to take control of here? And that's a message I try to pass on to people. What are you most proud of? Probably 
I mean, I have talked about the mental health thing down in London. Uh, probably that, but I have to say, I am, I am very proud that my idea about using books has, has come to something. Because I don't really have a huge amount of faith in myself. And so to have had an idea and it to have actually turned into something for me is just, yeah, I'm proud of that. That's great. Yeah, it's really resonating <laughs> with everyone that's coming in and taking, taking it on and yeah. engaging with it. It's fantastic. Okay, so that was Bridget's interview and thank you again for listening to the podcast and to read some of Bridget's story and to find out more about other people and what they're doing around the country. Again, check out our journey of the social movement at report.cmescotland.org and then see what other people are doing, see what you could do yourself and then take action as well. So I say thank you to Maeve for joining us. Thanks, Maeve. Thanks, Maeve. Thank you. And thanks to Dee as always. You are welcome. Thanks, Dee. <laughs> right. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.